Our reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are his witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Um, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury's Lent book and our prayer themes were based on looking through the cross at various themes of life. And this uh, painting you see here is based on our theme, the cross and evil. And what we were doing was we were throwing all of the things that distressed us or broke our hearts or had damaged us in any way, we were throwing them at the cross on paint-filled sponges or for some people with paint bottles <laughs> that were just flung at the cross. And um, this is it. It's very beautiful, isn't it? It's a very beautiful uh, painting which is full of prayer and full of um, new life. 
One of the early church fathers, Gregory, said this. He said, what's not assumed isn't healed. By that he meant whatever wasn't assumed into Christ's body on the cross cannot be transformed. It's only through the cross that we can have new life. It's only because of his brokenness that new life is available today. And I want to invite Ingrid now. We've got three people this morning who are coming to tell us about new life on their front lines. And Ingrid has been involved in work in uh, Oak Meadow Primary School. And she's going to come and tell us about that. Come and have a seat, Ingrid. Make yourself comfortable. (laughs) There's plenty of people to pull you up. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Is this on? This is on. Okay, Ingrid, can you tell us then a bit about the new life that we are seeing in Oak Meadow School? I believe there's going to be something up. (laughs) Am I prepared something? Oh, there it is, yes. Um, Yes, over three days, um, all the children in Oak Meadow School uh, went into this special room which Emma and some other people have prepared um, as a prayer space, and oh, three pictures, yes, okay. <laughs> um, the, as you can tell, I've not done this before with, with all this uh, coming up. Yes, there it says, uh, okay. And the, the different spaces were Um, giving thanks, there were palm leaves um, and they could write on it or draw on it if they were too young because even the youngest came and um, they could write on it uh, what was important to them in in their lives. Uh, The next one (coughs) was asking for help (coughs) And they, they put their, their questions, their asking for help on, on the prayer tree. Uh, the next one is forgiveness, and that's the one I know best because that was what I was on. And um, we had um, soluble sort of tablets which we would give to the children, or little bits of them anyway, I, I broke them up, uh, to hold in their hands and think about the person who had hurt them. And the children were quite serious when they, when they did that. They, they really took that on board, and they stood there, and they held this tablet in their hand. And then they had to put it into a bowl of water and watch it dissolve so and to let go of this hurt feeling that they had in 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 their hearts Uh, and then afterwards they could write down and i i said to them they would also have to think about perhaps people who were hurt by them and they might have to go and say sorry to their mom or to their brother and sister and I'm sorry, my, my voice is going. Um, and um, they, they then wrote down a few things. Sorry about that. 
And um, I'm sorry about this. Um, yes, that, that's what they did. They wrote it all down. And then there was another um, uh, something about hope. This is such small print, so I can't, can't read it. <laughs> and I can't read that any better because my very focus are, are not... <laughs> yes, that's better. <laughs> yes, okay. And they, they did what we did yesterday as well, put the flowers on, onto the cross, which was lovely. And I, I found, and then at the end of it, and there was a prayer tent, that was a very important, was a, a special prayer, prayer area uh, where they could go and just sit quietly, read the Bible, and, uh, and, and, and pray. And they loved that. There was a cube, because Emma had said there mustn't be more than three, I think it was, inside. And, uh, and they were queuing up for it. They kept saying, can I go in now? Uh, because they really loved it. And, and there was, the, yeah, various other things. Um, and at the end, uh, Emma had them all sitting down and um, asked them what they liked best about it and there were different things they liked and then what they didn't like so much and there were some who had said that they particularly liked my area of forgiveness and but there were always some who would also say they didn't like that and they often looked very serious and quite upset they had obviously it had obviously brought something up in their in their lives and I was so impressed because they were so well behaved and they really entered into it. And I, I prayed and I think we all prayed afterwards that they would take this into their lives, that they would discover the, the power of prayer for themselves and that they can at any time and wherever they are, that they can uh, speak to God uh, about what, what is bothering them, what they are uh, happy about, what they are thankful for, and what, they, um, what, what has gone wrong in their lives, and that they will get some, uh, some help with that. I Thank you, Ingrid. That. Isn't that amazing? You know, a lot of these children, in fact, most of the children in primary schools probably don't have um, homes where prayer is taught. So it's just amazing that God is working in these yeah. young lives. And we've got a fantastic team. So thank you, Ingrid, and to everybody else who um, enabled that to happen and who helped these children on their journey to faith and who helped us to identify signs of new life in Oak Meadow School. Thank you very much, Ingrid. Um, <laughs> Our um, work with, with children and families doesn't end um, with prayer stations in schools. And Emma is going to come now and tell us about um, something else that we've been doing, or that God's been doing, in fact, in our church in recent weeks. Now, um, we've all heard of Messy Church, haven't we? We all know what an amazing success Messy Church has been and uh, the number of families we've got contacts with. But Emma, um, there's been new life in Messy Church, hasn't there? Would you like to tell us a bit about that? There has. Thank you, Mia. Yeah. I just thought I'd share very briefly with you about Messy Church Extra. 
um, Messy Church Extra took place for the first time last month um, and came along really as a result of the confirmations and the baptisms that we'd seen in Messy Church in October. Um, we went away and we prayed about um, how best to disciple those those families that were, were looking as if they wanted to do something a little bit deeper. Um, and so Messy Church Extra was born really. So we held the first one in March. Um, we had uh, 13 families to it, um, most of whom were, were Messy Church families. There were a couple of church families too, but mostly they were Messy Church families. Um, and we had an amazing time. We had tea and cake together, as you know, because you were there with your family. Um, we had tea and cake and we um, thought about Jesus calling the first disciples um, and about what that meant to them and about the fact that Jesus calls us to be his disciples now too and um, that we need to act on that to follow him. So we thought about that sort of in tables together and we had some questions to talk about all, all ages together, um, children and, and adults too. Um, and then we had some creative things to do, some responses to do. Um, and the one that I did... Um, there are lots and lots of stories that, that I could share, but the, the one I'm going to share this morning um, is about a family that, that I did a creative response with, um, a mother and daughter, actually, who um, I first got to know through Tiddlywinks. They came to Tiddlywinks when um, they were very small, and then they came to Messy Church, and, and then they came to Messy Church Extra. And we made little dolly pegs together, a dolly peg of ourselves um, so we put hair on it and we dressed it and we made it look like us. Um, and there was a big boat with a dolly peg of Jesus in it. And when you'd made yourself, you could go and peg yourself in the boat with Jesus if you wanted to, as a, a sign that you wanted to follow him. Um, and so we did this together. And at the end of our Messy Church Extra session, um, this family asked if they could take their pegs home and the peg of Jesus so that they could take it home and put it in um, this little girl's bedroom um, to remember what they'd done and to remember their promise to follow Jesus. Um, so that just really encouraged and blessed me, and I wanted to share that with you. Isn't that fantastic? So from having an event like Messy Church, which was experimental when we started it, and uh, which a lot of people said, oh, people are just coming because it's a meal and stuff. We are now growing disciples. People are moving on in their faith. And that is so exciting to see that new life in Messy Church Extra. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> Now, one of the issues that, that, we, um, that arise when we're looking at um, developing family faith is what happens when uh, children get older, they get to the teenage years, maybe a bit of cynicism and harder peer pressure is kicking in. What happens then? Is there new life then? Well, to answer that question, I'd like to invite our youth worker, Laura, up today to tell us what's going on. Come and rest, rest your weary limbs, my dear. <laughs> so, so, Laura, is there new life among the teenagers in Baston Hill? There certainly is, and I think God has just totally blown me away with what he is doing. Um, about this time last year, perhaps a bit further back, uh, we started to ask the question, how can we create Zone, which is the youth club that used to run here? How do we make this into a community of 
Christ-loving young people rather than just somewhere where they come to expel their energy and um, get rid of it. And so we started looking at different ways of discipling young people in that context. So we would have questions around craft or the games would have a particular element to it or um, in the cooking would be based around a particular event in the church life so that it was constantly sort of being implanted that Jesus was sort of always around them. And through this, we discovered that loads of the young people actually wanted to know more about who Jesus is and what he could do for them. And um, God really challenged me as I stood in the queue at McDonald's, take them to Soul Survivor. And I was a bit like, mm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I love Soul Survivor, but it was one of those, it was a real risk. And um, I spoke to some others about it and that, yeah, do it. So we booked a coach just in faith, really, <laughs> that these young people would turn up. And they did. And um, so last year we went to Soul Survivor and um, as we were stood there, loads of them had met with Jesus and four of them said, well, we want to continue to meet because we want to keep knowing about this Jesus bloke. And uh, we were like, okay then. So we had no idea what we were doing, <laughs> sort of by the skin of our teeth, really, each week sort of as it, as it came. And um, slowly that group grew to 20, 25 young people he now come every Thursday evening. And in that group, we just share with each other. We have a, like a circle time of sharing how our week has been, and they pray for each other. We eat together. Um, we've taken communion together. Um, and we just worship with each other. And I think, really, the life of that group as a worshipping community is the thing that's blown me away the most. Um, because you would have a group of boys in particular that I'm thinking of who came along to zone but didn't really come along because we'd have to tell them to go home <laughs> every time they came because they'd been smoking something they shouldn't have um, or they'd done something else and they would always be asked to leave and yet my heart was really for these boys to meet with Jesus and yet in this group on a Thursday and when they come on a Sunday they're the first one out with the flags <laughs> worshipping Jesus on their knees uh, following Jenny and, and her footsteps and how she worships really and um, it's been a movement for them in particular the life that we've seen in them isn't necessarily one where they've said yes we're wholehearted want to follow Jesus now but we've seen them say well actually I've stopped smoking weed or I've started going back to school or, um, you know, I don't feel as angry anymore. And those small steps have been massive for those boys in particular. And for the girls, we've seen life coming in the form of knowing that their identity is rooted in Christ and not in what other girls might say about them or how they feel about how boys view them. Um, and so we've sort of been discipling them. Each week's completely different. You don't really know where it's going to go. And um, we started talking about baptisms and confirmations with them. And loads of them were like, yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds like something we'd like to do. And so last month, um, we had eight baptisms and confirmations from young people in that group. And um, someone from YSG as well, and Sarah Birchall. And so it was just this really lovely sort of generational thing. And young people for, and older people coming together to declare the fact that they want to follow Jesus and move on with him. So that was really exciting. And we've got a video. We have got a video, yes.
Well, I've got to say that particular evening is one of the most extraordinary evenings I've ever experienced in all the years that I've been a member of, of church and a Christian. And just to see those young people wanting to follow Jesus was the most uh, wonderful, wonderful thing. And to see how he's working in their lives. And so it's a fantastic, fantastic evening. So, so glad to hear of the new life. And it's wonderful to hear of all the new uh, things that God is doing in and through his church. And maybe he's doing all sorts of things in your own front line. And I hope so. And I hope that today, as we celebrate the new life that Jesus has achieved for us through the cross, that you are able to give thanks to God for all of those things as well. Well, there's one other bit of new life that uh, Christchurch is ex- going to experience over the uh, coming weeks. And, of course, that is the fact that Laura and Ben are going to have their first baby. And uh, Laura is going to go on maternity leave tomorrow. So this is her last day of work before uh, the baby comes. So we really do hope, Laura, that it all goes really well. And uh, we can't wait to meet uh, him or her and, uh, and to welcome them uh, into our family here so we, we really do wish you well. Uh, but there's a, one other thing that we need to say is that we advertised uh, the post of maternity cover for the Youth Pioneer Minister. And uh, we, we interviewed and we've appointed somebody also with the surname Whitmarsh. Uh, so uh, this is uh, Ben Whitmarsh is going to try and fill uh, Laura's uh, shoes. And uh, so we're really pleased that uh, Ben is going to start uh, work here, and he's going to be uh, covering Laura's post while you're uh, with uh, with the baby. And so let's pray, shall we? Let's pray for Laura. Let's pray for Ben, and uh, and let's uh, pray God's blessing on them. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the signs of new life that you're you're bringing about in and through your church in this place. Wherever we turn, we're seeing new life. Your Holy Spirit at work. Lord, continue all that you're doing. Help us to have the eyes and the heart to see it and always the courage to join in. And all the front line, uh, new life that you're bringing about, help us to expect to see that in our front lines too and to give you thanks. And we thank you for Laura and Ben. And we pray for their baby and their family life. We pray your blessing upon them. And we thank you for them. And we pray that just as Laura has, has grown in this role, that she'll grow as a mother and Ben as a father. And that you'll equip them and anoint them and empower them to continue to serve you in all the ways that you're calling them and drawing them. For we ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs>